Good evening and welcome to another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. We were away for a little while. I had some personal stuff to take care of, and then Wildcat and I and myself were at uh, the American last Sunday enjoying some water and juice with uh, some coaches. So we for basketball media day on Monday in Philadelphia. I was just drinking water. So <laughs> I can't like I said, juice no water. Like I said, water and juice. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you? Doing all right. I'm okay. I'm still fighting a little after the fiction of too much in a, too much airfare, too much around crowded folks, and too many uh, too many kids. Doc, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. All right, let's get right into it. I really don't have a whole lot to say for myself. I want to get right off right off the jump here. Uh, kudos to the Astros for uh, shutting up. New York media and Yankee fans all over Thank the world <laughs> for coming back and winning game six and seven here in Houston to advance to the World Series to win the ALCS pennant to advance to the World Series to face the Dodgers. Since I am not a baseball fan, can either one of you gentlemen tell me when did baseball change the format to 2-3-2 from 2-2-1-1-1? No, sir, I cannot because I... I don't. I, I follow it, but I'm, I'm more into college baseball than I am in the uh, uh, professional. And since it's been a while since the Astros have last gotten to this point in their in the fran- in the history of the franchise, it has to have been over the last uh, I'd say the last six years because it was 2005. First, the last uh, that was the first and last time that the Astros got to this point. Hopefully, they don't uh, get shut out and get swept. Like the there Dodgers. you go, but, there you go, putting out negative energy already out there. This ain't this hey, is not, the Astros, Astros. I'm being real now. I'm the being Astros real. So, won. So at some point, they they they've got to come home. And the Astros on this platform, they only have three home games. So three. The first two they, games are in yeah. Los Angeles Tuesday and Wednesday. Then three, four. Yeah. And if necessary, five will be in Houston Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then Correct. seven will be in Los Angeles. And I'm with you. I think the change in format has been recent, which is kind of ironic because the NBA for years was 2-3-2 two, two in the finals and went back to 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one in the last year or two. So right. we'll see how it all plays out. But um, I'm not, you know. I'm a basketball guy, so I'm not going to dwell too much on the Astros. I'm, I'm happy for my friends who are Astros fans, baseball fans. Kudos to the pitching. Game six and seven, yeah. Justin Verlander stepped up, gutted it out in game six. And then surprisingly to some folks, I had an inkling, you know, because strange things happen. People, different different folks step up in game seven. Charlie Moore, it was true. Charlie Moore delivered five great innings in game seven. Yankees were shut out. So kudos to more than Lance McCullers to get the job done, and the, and the bats woke up kind of uh, to get the job done and win six or seven in front of raucous Astros fans. I was at the home opener for Rockets Saturday night to watch a good team dispose of an awful team. The Mavericks are a – there's two ships going in opposite directions. The Rockets okay, are let me ask you trying to win a championship. Go ahead. Before you get too far, are they going in a ocean 
wideness in two different directions of a river of a stream just passing each other in, in, the, in the canal. It's a it's an ocean. You can call it a gulf. It's an ocean. Um, wow. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is, you know, is a Mavs rookie. He he's didn't play because of injuries last night, but he's their future. Dirk Nowitzki, Nowitzki is now their past. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. We all agree on that. He doesn't have much True. left in the tank. He just doesn't. He had two points last night, 18 minutes. Mavericks played Friday night, so they're on a back-to-back. They're not a good basketball team. Been just, you could say whatever you want to, Mavs fans. If you're a realist, you have to acknowledge they're not very good right now, period. So you can hang your hat on Dennis Smith being the future, possible rookie of the year, uh, winner, because he's going to get the ball a lot and have it in his hands quite often. But I don't see them win a lot of games. Rick Carlisle is a hell of a coach. If they win more than 30 games this year, he's wow. a good worker. Because, I mean, the talent just isn't there. They're injured. Dirk is old. And they're in the West. So you add all that up. I just don't see how they can get to 500. And why would you want to? Why do you want to be average and it hurts your draft stock and chances of getting a, an impact player in the draft. But Mark Cuban yeah. doesn't have that philosophy like I do and some other people share. But they have what they have. Dirk should have retired, honestly, or you just come off the bench. And it was really ironic to me last night, and I'm, and I'm bouncing around a little bit, because fans at the game were watching the Astros-Yankees game at the bar. There were fans... <laughs> Um, in the seats, well, you could tell. I mean, obviously, Game Seven with a chance to go to the World Series was more important than home opener, Rockets versus Mavs, featuring one good team and one bad team. Rockets wow. up thirty points in the third quarter. Dirk, um, I thought made a clean steal deflection for the ball to return to the Mavs. Ref didn't see it okay. that way. Kept the ball with the Rockets. Dirk went off. Yelling, we had a fit, had a conniption. He got him 30 points. <laughs> Why are you wasting his energy? Ref gave him a T. I just, <laughs> just summarized the whole game. I said, Why are you bitching? You down about 30. They were trail, they trail about 34 after the third quarter, 92 to 58. Fourth quarter was garbage time. Just pure. Garbage time. Rockets, Harden didn't play. So the Mavs deep reserves outscored the Rockets deep reserves by 18 points. So the final margin, the victory is only 16. Yeah, that does not indicate how thorough a dismantling the Rockets did to the Mavs last night. Rockets proved a 3 0. Mavs is winless to 0 3. Rockets host the Grizzlies Monday. Um, we can go to my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Reviews, to see post-game comments from Coach Dan Tony. Sunday afternoon, I was one of three media people to be at Rockets practice. And you can go to the YouTube channel again as well as Instagram, Houston Round Bar Reviews, to hear comments from Coach Dan Tony, Luke and Bob Mute, and Ryan Anderson to get the thoughts on facing the Grizz and what the Grizzlies do defensively that causes what they do so well defensively. but 
the good thing is Rockets Rockets are three and zero. Two of those wins are without Chris Paul, who has is sitting out because of a bone bruise. There's some thought that he may have to sit out, may miss a month of action. So far, if that happens, the opponents for the basically this month and November aren't top tier opponents, so it shouldn't hurt them too much. They got a huge win opening night on the road, beating Golden State, coming from behind, beat the Warriors. PJ Tucker stepped up huge, and then the following night, Luke came off the bench, stepped up huge. You see the veteran on the bench that the Rockets have really was key. Rockets have a very good team. The ironic, the irony is, Rockets three and zero all off season, all off season. National media was saying. Everybody's playing for second place. We're just going to watch the Warriors win another championship. Golden State's one and two. So yes, it's a small sample size. They got, they got great, you know, superstar power, but they're one and two. They lost to the Grizzlies last night. They got thumped by the Grizzlies last night. Steph Curry got thrown out the game, tossed his mouthpiece. At a ref, he says he wasn't at the ref. He was just in the direction of a ref. Okay, well, let me ref. ask you a question. Go ahead. It, 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 is that the game? Right. Is, is this the isn't this the second time he's done that? Yeah. Yes, it is. First All right time, then. He just, actually hit the ref. Yeah, that's what. It, it, that's my point. Get, move along. Keep <laughs> moving along. Now, I, I was oh, talking because he, he knows he's getting a fine, and he, oh, he stated that he get a fine. Yeah, they were they were actually trying to make sure that he didn't get a game or two suspension. See, I was talking to media after the game last night uh-huh. that he should be suspended for a game because it wasn't his first time doing this. Thank you. Now you're you're a superstar and you're one of the faces of the NBA, but you can't you cannot allow your players to do this. Do I think you'll yeah, get, fi- get, get suspended? No. But doesn't mean I don't believe he should be suspended. We talked about the media. We were, we were in the locker room, Rockets locker room, watching the Astros on the big screen, <laughs> and we were discussing it. And the majority of us felt that he should be suspended. Yep. Yeah, I can see him. I don't have, I don't, I'm not really hard fast on either way. I wouldn't have a problem with these suspending him, wouldn't jump up in the air and say, why did they suspend him? Same way I would feel if they didn't suspend him and just find him. I don't think it's that big a deal. Certainly could see why you would be making a statement. But as much as the league uh, looks at every direction and trying to make sure their star players are playing, even to the point where they make rules where Star players can't sit down to rest and stuff like that. So I think if that's the case, that you look at a lot of that, you're going to have to also lean that if something is not just hugely egregious, uh, that you want your star players to play. So it kind of goes on both sides if that's how you're looking at it. And that's why I would say if it's not just something that really twerks everybody, then I'm not sure that it has to be a suspension uh, in that case. Mavs' next opponent is is going to say Warriors. So, with Steph, without Steph, the Warriors really are, going, are going to beat the Mavs into the ground. But, yeah. Wildcat, 
as an official, what are your thoughts? I'm li- Do you believe that he should be suspended? Yes. Why? Yes. Two reasons. One, transpired the, uh, the other night, Oakland in, uh, in a football game. Uh, player comes from the bench, gets into a melee, and for whatever reason, doesn't want to back away. Marshawn Lynch and talking push, about. Yeah, and pushes off on, a, on the official. And the basketball game the other night, for whatever reason, Steph thought it was okay to pull his mouthpiece out and throw it. He thought it was and, foul, and I didn't think he was foul on the replay that I saw. But, you know. And for whatever reason, he didn't just throw it down on the, on the floor, you know, or just or whatever. He made a, a um, how can I say this, um, almost a threatening move. You know, he just, he just like, ripped it out of his mouth and then, bam, dropped it to the, and then, then just, <laughs> are, we, are we really going to call it a threatening move? Oh, what's going to put you on the stand for, I'm not, I'm, 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 shot damn, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call it a threatening move, but Ooh, I will right, take it, I will, t- I will he didn't, be he along, didn't, no, he no, didn't no. throw it to the floor by his I, feet, because he could have legally thrown it to, on the floor, by his foot or in his walk band, but he did. Right, and if he did that, he could have still uh, been thrown out of the game for that because he, in the eyes of the ref, they could have been throwing him out that he showed up the ref. So, again, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have got the tech, that he shouldn't have got thrown out the game. Uh, I certainly suggest that he should get fined. Game or two, I think at some point he's just arguing nauseum over something that is, Really not that serious. As I said, if they throw him out, the, if they put him out of game or two, so be it. Who nobody's gonna lose a lot of sleep on it either I, way. So I think the the NBA refs will 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 raise a stink because you cannot allow your refs to to be touched, either by your players' yeah, he, hands, he, mouthpiece. He, he tossed a mouthpiece. He, he tossed an object at him. Are we he gonna hit him? The last time he hit him. And he got he got thrown out. This time he didn't hit him. That's what I'm saying. We're arguing that he threw a mouthpiece in his direction. Whether he should get suspended, the mouthpiece did not hit the rep. Again, let's not make it more than what it is. If if again, if they think that that's too much that you throw a mouthpiece in the direction, and somehow our referees are that mentally sacred that uh, you know you can't. Even throw something in that direction, uh, look at them crazy. Obviously, they throw you out the game for that as well. I mean, I think sometimes we just get too excited about things. Well, not that big you know, the looking at you crazy and all, I don't have a bunch of them. I, that don't save me. It's when you make we a have cases where we've had cases where players on the bench get thrown out of the game for that as well. Yeah, Joy Crawford, yeah. So, <laughs> right, so let's not act like that hasn't happened yeah, again. Sure. If they throw him out, I mean, if they find him, I would think it was very appropriate. They suspend him a game. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. I don't. If they don't, I'm not going to act like that. This is the end of the world, and the refs will not be able to do their job because they didn't throw a guy out the gate because he threw a mouthpiece at him. I just, 
I'm ready to get back to watching the game. Let's see, as Chris alluded to earlier, you know, what's up with the Golden State that they got off the one or two? Obviously, a small sample size. It's interesting that they still seem to have a hangover. The the defense has been lax, and their bench production has been lax. Um, so we'll like I said, three games in. Let's not. Right. Over they did, overreact. They did have the long trip going across these. Maybe there's a little body lag, jet lag, as they like to say. Uh, maybe that's some part of it. Again, I'm sure they had a lot of fun in the off season because they were celebrating. Uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see as we get this sample size. There is some indications, some things that we see now that may be signs of trouble later. I think would be intriguing to get your opinion on that, Chris, are there some things that you see them not doing well? And you put some of that on the table in regards to the defense level is is not where it needs to be to win these type of games. But are there some other things that you're seeing that for fans of the Golden State Warriors or people that are looking to see if they can dethrone them or some things that you see that uh, give you pause? And, and before we get into the other things, I'll let you guys Show your expertise. Mike D'Antoni has brought up one possibility, but another example of it still early in the season, the Cleveland Cavaliers got destroyed Saturday night by the Orlando Magic in Orlando. So, you know, let's not overreact and freak out one way or the other. The Rockets are 3-0, and and they haven't really played well. You know, before today's practice, Everyone acknowledges that they have rooms for improvement and they're glad to be 3-0. They'll take it 3-0, 3-0, but they do have rooms to improve. They want to be more aggressive in in pushing tempo and scoring quicker, looking to score off made baskets, pushing, passing, getting the ball inbounds quicker, getting in their offense quicker, looking to score in transition quicker. So if they are able to do that, Monday night's game against Memphis will be a big test because it's really two different opposite styles going at each other. The Grizzlies uh-huh. want to slow it down, ground and pound. Rockets want to run up and down the floor. So we'll see which style prevails Monday night. I think Memphis and the Rockets split four games last season, 2-2. So we'll, I'm looking forward to it. After Monday's game, the Rockets on the road for a week roughly because the next home game won't be until the 30th. So, uh-huh. but then Tony's theory is for the Rockets still not clicking on all cylinders is because of the shortened preseason. All the teams are these first few games in the regular season are basically the equivalent of games six, seven, and eight of preseason. Only had roughly five preseason games, and a typical preseason is usually eight games. So, uh-huh. because of a shortened preseason, which the NBA began this year to reduce the number of back to backs and things like that, there's less preseason games. So, these early regular season games are some teams' preseason games because everybody's, you know, you're in a rhythm. You're used to things a certain way, and this change is a change to that rhythm. So that's one theory, one possible 
explanation for teams being sluggish. Mm. Uh. Oh, yeah. All right, Wildcat, before we start the show, you said you had you mentioned yeah. the same you want to talk about for HBCUs. The, but go ahead. <laughs> right. Before you get into the swag, because I know it's going to get into some great conversations, some tough conversations. I did want to get a piece in about the Houston Astros as you transition uh, into the uh, basketball. I was really excited about getting in the NBA. I actually had the opportunity to go see Game 7 last night. So I was oh. in the stadium. So it was electric, um, actually. Um, big money, big money, big money dot. At last <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine you went three, right? You, everybody went. Yep. No, I just went. I had a chance to go. I had a colleague that had a ticket came across a ticket, invited me, so I was blessed with that opportunity. Do still a little young, so if he was a little older, I probably would have took him because he would appreciate it. Certainly, with the excitement I've seen there, if the opportunity comes again, it just gets over. Then, if I'm uh, still in the position I am, I will financially make sure that he can go. But I thought your earlier question, I'm not sure if you had an answer to that, and I wanted to jump in there. But we switched over to the other conversation and didn't want to interrupt. But I think it goes back to 2012 is when you, the uh, ACL, ALCS, I should say, and NLCS went to the 2-3-2 format. Okay. It correlates to 2012 when they went to the uh, wild card playoff game. Okay. And so that's kind of where it is. But for whatever reason, obviously, as the Astros at that time weren't playing very good baseball, so that's probably one of the reasons why we really hadn't <laughs> focused on the playoff format. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I, well, that's on y'all. I don't focus on it because it's baseball, period. Like, you know, man, there's me, but hey, yeah. They needed, they, they, at that point, well, they needed I, everything. I would take that one uh, correct that you said, Chris. Uh, they weren't doing well, so as I was paying attention, they weren't doing well. I surely wasn't paying attention to other things. But just kind of wanted to share that. And obviously, a little trivia for those people out there. Milwaukee Brewers and Houston Astros, as a lot of people know, have been the two teams that played in both divisions. So both teams have uh, played in ALCS and NLCS. But the Astros are the only team that have won the National American League Championship Series. So credit to the Astros getting it done. Uh, Just recently, obviously, in both of the leagues, after switching not too long ago, and um, the pundits in Las Vegas have the Dodgers as the edge, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's slight, yeah. that the Astros can find a way to get it done. Uh, baseball is one of those games you play it in on the diamond, and uh, pitchers can come up strong, big-time hits, as we've seen in this last series. Uh, the pendulum switched both ways at times where both um, fans had a chance to be excited and be sad, and the Astros had the final. Leg of that to get it done yesterday, and boy, was that uh, stadium electric last night, particularly for that third out when it came up. I had was able to record it just in case. I got a little memory there and was listening to it again, and it's, you thought it was loud into it, but once you listened on your phone, you were like, oh, wow, it really was loud. So that was pretty cool. Go and ahead. The Astros Go ahead. are the only team or the first team so far to – beat the Red Sox and the Yankees in the same postseason. Yes, that's a good bit of history. That's strong, too. Great franchises. Astros, young guns to get it done, and they have every right. Although you want to get – when you get there, you want to win it because you just never know. But such a young team, you think they have a chance to be there. 
next couple of years as well. But I will be agree with with the the uh, negative man, Mr. Pessimism. Hopefully they they won't get swept. Um, <laughs> you know, first things first. Don't get swept. You get one, everybody can relax, take a deep breath, and then go try to get the other three. Then you go get so. it. You go after it. That's right. That's a very good point. Well, one thing I'm happy. Uh, the one thing I'm happy with all of this is. They brought in the guy I was uh, I was hoping they'd get wood. They would pick up um, near the end of the season for help, and that was uh, Jason Verlander. Justin because Paul, I felt like they, they, worth I felt like they needed uh, an experienced pitcher that had been to this point and had won. Uh, that had been around not having a strong closure. I think you right, right. money, Jeff. Right, that early and they got it. Yep, yeah. and. It it all worked out for him, and it all paid off. He won two games for him. Like you said, Doc, he pitched a, pitched a hell of a series. Um, he gave them what they needed late, and they didn't have to depend on the uh, in the first game. They didn't have to depend on the bullpen, which has been the sticking point with me all season. Uh, with with that, and that's something that they've got to figure out during the all season. The sticking point well, when uh, game five. Let the Yankees back in the series. Game five, yeah. Up four one, you no. lose. So, with that, I'm ready to move forward with the swag, Doc. Definitely ready. Gentlemen, if, ready if, if, gentlemen, please, All right. please, please, gentlemen, okay. please, uh, let me vent, and then we can talk about the swag. <clears throat> I'm, right. a, I'm a Cougar alum. No. So is let, let me let me vent. <laughs> let, let me vent. Let me just get this out here. Just prior, this is you know, our last podcast was before U of H played Tulsa and yep. prior to U of H playing Memphis Thursday. Okay. Tulsa is not a good football team. You, could, you couldn't tell it by the way the Cougars performed in that embarrassing road loss to Tulsa. Red flag right there. It's loss number two on the season. Thursday, this past Thursday, a few days ago, home game, ESPN national broadcast. Knew it wouldn't be a sold-out crowd at TDECU because we're fickle fans coming off an awful loss at Tulsa. Midweek game, Thursday, you know, a lot of different factors. Stadium was not full. Heck, I wasn't there either. My tickets had been purchased, but I watched the game on the TV because I expected top 25 Memphis to kick Cougar butt. U of A's leads 17 nothing at halftime. 17 nothing at halftime. Memphis was 0-59 when trailing by 17 points in a ballgame. They are now 1-59. Because the Cougars disappeared in the second half on defense, especially. And then Coach Applewhite decided to <coughs> oh, make some questionable calls down the stretch of the ball game, not go forward at midfield, out of the punt, despite the fact that defense had been lit up for the entire second half. He decided to not go for it on fourth and one at midfield. They didn't make it. He's the reason he cited post game. We didn't do a good job on second and third down and close yard short yardage. 
So I didn't want to take a chance on going forward on fourth and one. So I decided to punt and let Memphis just race down the field and score the game-winning touchdown. Now, Kyle Postma committed this awful turnover. He fumbled, stripped, he scrambled, picked up the first down, was stripped. Looked like he was initially, some folks thought he was down. Replay clearly showed the ball, like come out before he hit the ground. Fumble, then threw an awful pick. Poor decision, just bad throw. Awful loss. Two of the straight losses now. I do believe that this upcoming opponent is against the best team in the conference, South Florida. South yeah. Florida has scored 30-plus points in 24 straight games for an NCAA record. They're probably going to drop 30-plus again to make it 25 in a row. So it'll be the third straight loss for the Cougars, which make them, I believe, 4-4 four and four on the season. Yep. 2-3 and three in conference. Conference is over. The, the, the two losses in the, in the Western Division to Tulsa and Memphis hurt. So chance of winning the division are probably over unless everybody else craters too. This is not a good look for Coach Applewhite, the people who hired Coach Applewhite. But, and as some alums are already saying that he, he should be fired, as if U of H has that kind of money to eat contracts after one season and go hire a um, good coach with and pay a good coach. Not going to happen. The way they're losing is disappointing. I said in an earlier podcast that I don't expect many great things from the team this year. Next year, tick-tock. He'll be on the clock. If, he's, if the team stinks after the next season, then start looking for another coach. Two years in a row, thinking President Couture has said, been quoted. You can Google it. She said, we fired coaches who, who went 8 and 4. Well, if they don't go 8 and 4 this year and don't go 8 and 4 next year, it'd be time to get another coach. Really? That's quick Are you sure now? Hell Are yeah. You sure? I damn sure am sure. Okay, now. What did, I, what did I just say? She said. She said. We have five coaches going for it. I got that. I got that. I got that. I, I, I heard it, and I got it, and so did everybody else. But my question to you is the same thing folks be asking me about Rice. Who do you replace him with? And are you prepared to do what you need to do to get that person here? And are you prepared to get that person here that's going to be here a while because no, 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 no matter what. The, the last part is irrelevant until, okay. until the Cougars, uh, right. until no, 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 no. Unless the Cougars get in the power five, whoever they hire, if that person is successful, a power five school is going to spend money, more money than you can and take him away. So that last part is beyond who cares. That mentality is the reason why you got to make the apple white now. Well, we want somebody to go stick around a while. That's why you're losing ball games you shouldn't lose. You go get the best coach that you can afford. If somebody else comes along and can outspend you, 
that's just the reality of the situation. But if that school, if the school is outspending you, the reason they're outspending you must be because you're winning here. They wouldn't spend money on you on some dude who's not winning. So if so you are, if the Longhorns, Aggies, LSU, hell, how can you not? That's reality. Okay, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. My my question would be more: Are there things that you're seeing about Applewhite that makes you concerned? I mean, obviously, you don't like the record. I think that's a dangerous trend to get into if you have coaches. As you said, you knew this team was not quite as talented uh, as previous teams, so you knew there was going to be some concern in regards to the talent. So to me, the expectation of the record uh, would concern me if fans are getting just excited because the team is losing when they're used to winning. Obviously, the way this game came out, not very good, but this was a top 25 team. A lot of ways, this reminds me of what happened at Texas A&M against UCLA. Very ugly life, lost. Everybody lost their mind. Now A&M, even with a freshman quarterback, is looking much more solid. So but UCLA isn't. Fans, if we're not careful, careful, we, we let the game and the emotion of what takes place in the game override other things. <laughs> If there's some things that you're seeing that concerns you in regards to in-game decisions, yes, the the, the framing of the team practice, yes, uh, those kind of concerns in terms of leadership of men, then I think then possibly you do need to be prepared to pull the trigger earlier than you may would want with giving most coaches the time to do it because you may have for whatever reason just made a bad decision. Uh, bringing in a coach, and if that's the case, I agree with you. You can't um, just let it go on too long when you know it's really the inevitable. You need to cut your losses. So the, those the, are the questions I would the, have. The, the penalties that they're picking up have surprised me. Applewhite is a disciplinarian. You know, he says, he says all the right things during the week and post-game. You know, if players aren't doing things and that's coaching. That's on us. We need to look at why they're not doing these things in games. And I need to look at why this is happening. Why, if it's, it's continuing to happen, if it's reoccurring, then that's a coaching issue. We need to figure out. He says all the right things. The, one of the things that surprises me is he, as a quarterback, seems to be averse to throwing the ball. He seems much more at ease with running the ball over and over and much more conservative in his play calling than you would assume that a former quarterback would be. Now that could be because his quarterbacks may not be as good as fans thought or he thought. And the number of turnovers that Postman and Allen have produced thus far could could uh, legitimize his concerns. It it may be time for Dear King to get behind center because yeah, I think he, those are the, some questions that you have to see. And I think this year, in a lot of ways, a wash. But I agree with you. Next year, if you start seeing a lot of the same thing at this level, you have to find your quarterback. We've seen that in various teams. If you can't find a quarterback, 
I don't care how good you are as a coach. At some point, you can't hide that with issue. I would like to add just to see the other landscape. Obviously, you see what's going on in Austin. What are they saying in Austin? Are they saying similar to Houston concern or what? Let's 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 ask Wildcats since the Longhorns were back after they lost to USC. So what are they now? After what they're three and four now. Yep. And yep. They, what are the saying down there? Everybody still headed in the in the, in the same direction. We're gonna wait this out. We're gonna wait it out. Interesting I, that the I mean obviously it's the sample size of one that we're talking to. But it's but, but now framework but, of uh, those that uh, listen to the fan base. Interesting. Well, the 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 other what's the other thing that's going on is that the young the young horns they are they they're the loud the loud uh, voice right now just because they made a decision they weren't allowed to be included wholeheartedly in the decision of, of Tom Herman. Um and the old heads, they have to where they are right now. They back in charge. They got the person that they wanted as far as the coach. Um they are, t- are willing to watch this team grow. And see another thing too now. I I've been told that uh it's quiet as it's kept. There's still a limited viewage of Longhorn practices, but Coach Herman is getting out and doing functions and stuff, you know. When he's when he has time, especially during the day. And uh, quite a few people are, are happy with that. They have it with, with, with it being just like it is right now. They'll accept what's going on. The other thing that they they also accepted is the fact that the recruiting situation has gotten a lot better. Um, they're in the process as, now as far as... As measured, as measured by... Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid drinking Kool-Aid. That's all they're doing. There you go. Drink Kool-Aid. <laughs> there you go. And but I'll... Are, go ahead and say it because I will say what Doc is thinking, I'm sure. Go ahead. The, the one thing that, that who, they are who they are. They are Longhorns. They're happy where they are. They, you know, and it's a, it's a faction. Young horns, old horns. And old horns hadn't given up the, the hadn't given up the fight yet. Right. And that's I mean, fine. I'm not gonna argue what you're saying, which is fine. And just I just had that one question: How are they measuring that the um, that the the, the high school coaches? They're going to. Uh, Coming, uh, quite a few of the old horns are going to functions and stuff in the neighborhood, and their type of—I don't know what that type of kid is, but in their eyes, oh yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. No, no, no. Yeah, you do. No, no. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. They are. They, nah, we got our legacy kid is getting in for the wrong reason. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Go ahead. No, keep on going. <laughs> you proved my point. I'm being honest. Just keep it there. Go I'm ahead. Be, I'm being honest. They, legacy kids are getting in for whatever reason, and they hadn't had to prove themselves yet. And I don't know how much they're three and four. They will be. Uh, they're three and four. Uh, but, <laughs> well, this is good. The legacy kids hadn't got in yet. The legacy kids hadn't hadn't, hadn't rolled up on campus yet. 
Wildcat. They're three and four. They're three and four. Wildcat. They're three and four. Hold on. They're three and four with the previous coach's kid. Who who were highly recruited? Who who were were highly recruited? (laughs) And they're getting better as for on defense. Uh huh. Whatever. No 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 no. Holding on. They were highly recruited. Holding on. They were highly recruited under Charlie Strong. But they wasn't legacy kids. They beat Oklahoma under Charlie Strong. Right? They wasn't legacy kids. They beat Oklahoma they under Charlie kids. Strong. Okay, do you hear what yep. you're saying? I, this, hey, you ask me what you you ask me what I'm going what I what I'm going for, some information. Hey, oh, sure did. Some information. All right, then. And do you hear what you're saying? See your question on the swag. And you hear what you and you hear what you're saying? You he don't have to admit it. Everybody yeah. listens. Yeah, we know what this is. Yeah. Okay, next game Next game is Baylor. That's a win. At TCU, that's a loss. Right? Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, TCU, I'm picking TCU to win the conference, win the championship, and get, be in the playoffs. I don't see nobody challenging them. In, they, in the then, they, then they beat Kansas. That's a win. Kansas is horrible. Kansas has, it's a home game for them, but Kansas has no one a road game. Since I went to wall trip, seems like they lost thirty-seven straight road games. Thirty-seven straight road games. Y'all in first place now. Y'all in first place at wall trip there. Y'all, yes. y'all leading the district and everything. But what I'm saying is, Kansas football has not won a road game. Seems like since I went to wall trip. That's how mm. long. That's how long ago it seems like they've lost thirty-seven road games in a row. <laughs> a Power Five school has lost 37 consecutive road games. Wow. Hey, Big hey, 12. Did, 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 Big 12. Didn't, didn't, Kansas, didn't Kansas cause Charlie Strong to get the roll up? Yeah. It was, it was, that was at right home, then. though. That was at home, then. It could happen. Anything can happen. That, no, that, that, <laughs> game is, that game is in Austin. Ain't that, please, that, if that happens, they can be another coach. They'll win that one. Then they, then they finish at West Virginia in the home for Texas Tech. So I got four and four, four and five, five and five. I got six and six. And they get into a bowl game. If they get six wins, they get into a bowl game. <laughs> Y'all laughing. Y'all no, 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 no. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at – I'm laughing at – no, no. I'm laughing at – we're back. At six Long and six, back. Get we're back. That's what I'm laughing at. I'm, I'm laughing at we're back. That's what I'm laughing at. We're back at six and six. Okay. Hey, That's what I'm saying. Hey, we're happy back. where they are. And right. Hey, happy where they are. And where they are, it would be hey. six and six. That's fine. They Go ahead and be happy at that. It. Yeah, be happy yeah. at six and six. That's fine. Yeah. I love it. That real quick, that shows you a tremendous irony to me that all that money in Austin would be content with six and six with your coach. Whereas far, far less money at U of H would be upset with eight and four. That's how the that's how the worm is turned right there. That's how the worm is turned right there. Okay, thank you very much. Let's talk swat. <laughs> all right. Doc, I'm gonna ask a proverbial question. First of all, I've never seen anything like that, you know, in the middle of the season. Where you make a change or, or switch out without letting somebody go and, ho- and keep them on staff. I don't know whether it was relative because the uh, 
uh, coaching change was, be, was a connection between Southern and Jackson State, or uh, whether it was just a coaching change because they that. needed to make a change. You talking about the Alabama State coach losing, losing his job? That's what you were referring to? No, 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 no. The OC at uh, oh, Jackson State. Yeah, yeah. That, you know they were they had the worst offense, not only at the FCS level, but if you put them, if you compare their offensive numbers at the Division Two level, they would be the worst Division Two. So, so it was needed. The change was needed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I don't think that no longer makes a hard argument when you put it like that. Wow. But I think the the listeners would want to know why they changed. And then just to make it full circle, Alabama State coach was let yeah. go um, after they went 05, and the, they were really just hemorrhaging in terms of the gate. Uh, that coach um, really had a tough attitude with fans and some administrators. And so when things went south, uh, people really turned on him really fast because he just didn't have a good rapport with a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, and so with the new president, it was really a pretty easy decision. Wow. They only had a yeah. year contract, so they really just paying him out uh, until uh, for this, the rest of this year. So you're talking about uh, until December, basically. So what, 60 some thousand dollars if you're talking about somebody making $150,000. So even at the uh, FCS level, HBCU programs, it's not a lot of money. And you're only uh, paying a slight increase stipend for the offensive coordinator that was on staff to get the head coach. Came back yeah. against Texas Southern University and got the victory. So from that standpoint, it looked like it was the right decision uh, that they were able to get a victory against where two teams coming in 0-5, which makes it really challenging for Texas Southern. Uh, turning this back to the local team uh, in regards to them finding a win because the next two games that they have on schedule that you would say are possibly winning type games are against Mississippi Valley um, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Those two teams have already played each other, and they're able to put up some offensive numbers, which uh, concerns me as somebody that supports, obviously, Texas Southern, is the fact that uh, Texas Southern just can't score right now. So right. both of those games are on the road. This is a Valley team that uh, won a big game yesterday against Lynchburg, 53-5, uh, to five, so they stick, continue to get some confidence. Obviously, that's a, a program that just brought back football a couple of years, years ago, so you're supposed to do that to them, but this is a Valley team that more than anybody needs some confidence, even though they got their big uh, goose egg off uh, earlier when they beat defeated. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. And the Pine Bluff game is on the road. This week they go to Grambling. It's Grambling's homecoming. Grambling is just throwing teams. They've gotten healthy. They've gotten play, players um, that were sitting out eligible. So they are certainly in the driver's seat. If you were in the SUV, 60 SUV, you would have Grambling driving the vehicle. Uh-huh. You would have all corn in the passenger seat. Southern in the back seat. You'd have, uh, Prayer view in the back back seat back there, just kind of looking in as as the things go on. Now you'd probably put Alabama A and M in the back seat with Southern, and then you jump back into a prayer view in there. I'm not even sure if there's room for 16. <coughs> the conference is playing to give you some uh-huh. indication of how teams are looking at the midtime midterm framework. We'll probably give some midterm grades on the show on Tuesday. Uh, just to talk about that. Next show is Doctor Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. 
But that what took place here. You had a tough game. You're probably going to see some more things start to shake up with Jackson State. They lost against their rival. They're 0-7, 0-4 in the SWAC. I think the last time that you've seen Jackson State go 1-6, 0-7, goes back to the 60s. So this is really unheard of in these parts. Um, this is another question that's similar with what uh, you're talking about, Chris, at U of H, the fans in Jackson with this coach in his second year. Um, that they really think he's over his head. They got an assistant coach from Mississippi State that was a recruiter, and it just seems like he is way over his head uh, in regards to just organizing a team and game to play calling in during games concern a lot of folks. Too, too many things just are not well thought out, questionable calls, decisions in the game, and when they do make some calls at times, some of the things just seem so orchestrated that the other team knows about it. So they lost to Southern 35-17. to They had a lightning delay that just got things off on the wrong page, it seemed like. Right. Uh, and then the the lightning calls, the circuit breaker to blow, so they actually had the lights go off in the stadium. <laughs> so they a game that was supposed to kick off two. Two thirty, two o'clock, three o'clock didn't kick off till like eight thirty. Mm. So it was a long day for the fans out there. Tailgate had a lot of fun earlier. I took an early ten nothing lead, but Southern came back and walked them down and beat them up pretty good. Howard had 180 yards in the game, touchdown, ran for another, so he did his thing. Southern fans were excited and happy, rubbed it into the Jack State fans. Going. Probably the game that uh, other people were watching really was the Alcorn State Grambling game, which for many people was a precursor to what is probably going to happen here in Houston for the SWAC championship game. Grambling just blew out Alcorn. It was twenty-four to seven at half in the wow. second quarter. Uh, Alcorn's quarterback went out of the game, so people were concerned. The uh, footman. And he's had some injuries here and there, but he was really doing really good and healthy thus far this season. So to see uh, him go out is concerning. So we've got to figure out just how t- tough that injury was. Or was it just one of those game injuries where you didn't want to rush him back in the game after you're getting beat up that? So that's Lenore's footman. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back this week uh, or if he's able to come back this week in that game. But Devontae Kincaid and the Grambling Tigers are really looking good. Looks like they're on a collision course with uh, North Carolina and T out of the MIAC, who had a tough game against a gritty Bethune Cookman team, but they got it done 24 to 20. The only other team that they have in their way is probably North Carolina Central that had a major upset. Grambling is on a 20 plus game swack winning streak, and North Carolina Central was going on a 19 game win streak, but it has now ended as they were upset by Norfolk State 28 to 21. North Delaware State got their first win of the season over a South Carolina State team that plays defense but can't score. Uh, they lost <laughs> in the game 17-14. Uh, uh, the reason I'm laughing is because there's a, small, there's a slight but small, uh, but they're vocal, though, the Delaware State alumni here in town. And uh, for them to win a game, I can imagine <laughs> – how they were this weekend. Because <laughs> right. uh, you and I both know they've they been at the bottom for a long time. For a long time. For people around this area that don't know about Delaware State in a lot of ways, they're very similar in terms of record-wise. 
uh, Mississippi Valley State. So when they win, people really get a chance to get excited. Then you have Hampton that is quietly undefeated in the conference play, the conference race 4-0. Uh, they held on to beat FAMU, so FAMU uh, is struggling again after they started off. They've lost two straight close games. So interesting to see that coaches in his last year, obviously, some people are saying that uh, they may be having an eye on Willie Simmons to see if they can get him out of here and get him back home uh, as they look for him when they hired, when Prairie got in there and hired him then. So that's something to kind of keep your eye on. We'll see if that uh, has any merit. I don't think so, but we always put it out there so people know. And a lot of people in the capital, Washington, D.C., might not be happy about some things, but they're certainly happy about the football program down there. Howard is back in the football business, 39-14 over Morgan State. <laughs> done. They only have one conference loss, uh, so they're playing some big-time uh, football in that part. Kalen Newton is making a name for herself, four touchdowns uh, in that game, one over 50 yards, so he's playing tremendous and has fans. Uh, in the D.C. area, the capital, just excited about football. Howard is back in the football business to give you some information there. So pretty pretty good stuff going on. Like I said, this midtown race, you start to see the separation of some teams uh, in that area. Uh, North Carolina A&T is the cream of the clock, but you have a couple of teams hanging right behind them with one loss. Uh, Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, Howard, and Hampton are all in the mix. Uh, in regards to what's going on in the MEAC. So, intriguing there. Let me give you top five teams of the mid-major as these teams are uh, getting it done. A couple of new teams jumping up in the top five, or at least one, which is the Benedict Tigers out of the SIEC. They're quietly getting it done, surprising a lot of teams. Five and two and three and one in the conference race. Uh, they have some big teams, big games coming up against Fort Valley State and Albany State that's going to decide whether they're going to be able to play for a conference championship as they're trying to gather the east of SIC that is loaded with some solid teams with Albany State Golden Rams, who were previously undefeated. They're at number six as I dip down a little bit, but I don't have to talk about this game. It was on Aspire Network, so I watched it. Clark Atlanta Panthers won a big game for homecoming to get to the 4-4 four and four mark, 2-2. Two and two. Huge upset as they beat a top-ten team. Um, so that was a, a great game to watch as they just held on fourth down play as for uh, Albany State was trying to get in position to be able to kick the field goal to tie the game or possibly go for two uh, to win it in that contest. So a very intriguing matchup there. And then I told you about the Latrell Scott, uh, his big win with Norfolk State. as They're getting it done. They're just on the outside uh, playing some solid football there. But number four is Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 6-2, and 4-0, quietly. Get it done as they started off with a tough early season, some crucial non-conference losses, but they're 4-0, steady in the conference race, uh, getting it done. Bowie State Bulldogs hadn't talked since this matchup. Like two weeks ago, Bowie State and Virginia faced off. At that time, Bowie State was putting up 50-plus uh, points. Uh, talk of the town, they were number one, uh, but they came in to Virginia State. It was Virginia State's homecoming, had that edge. Virginia State was no slouch. They were ranked number two. So this was a big matchup between number one and number two. Another game with Spire Network got to watch it. To some degree, it was surprising. Trojans came out of that game with the victory and got it done. And so just ahead of Langston Lions, 7-0, who had a big win 
and really have put themselves in a position to win the conferences. They had their rival, the team, Arizona Christian, that had won the Central State Football League over the last two years. So they go to 7-0, 5-0, four first-place votes as the game won at number two, bringing us to number one, Virginia State Trojans. As I said, they beat Bowie State Bulldogs. So intriguing matchup as they got it done, Bowie State Bulldogs. Dogs made a statement as they beat up Virginia Union that was previously undefeated in the conference at 4-0, but they put them in the place. That kind of gives you some indication of what's going on in the top five CIAA as the races are really intriguing and heating up there. Give you quickly the top five in the major division. Not a lot of changes going on here as the teams have really separated themselves and stopped. But Howard has jumped back in the top five after their big win, 4-3-3-1, moving up two spots from number seven. Uh, you have Southern Jaguars falling, jumping back up into the top five as they move up two spots from number six as they're four and three, two and one as they're chasing Gremlin. At number three, Hampton Pirates, five and two, four and oh. Uh, they move up three spots uh, as they continue to look solid, but they haven't played the cream of the crop teams yet. They'll do that later in the season, so we'll get to see if the Pirates are really in the, uh, in position to make a run at the championship in the NBA. At number two, Grambling State Tigers, five first place votes, six and one, three and zero. Oh. Uh, just behind North Carolina and T, the Aggies, the seven first place votes, eight and zero, oh, five and zero oh in the conference. The only undefeated HBCU football program at the FCS level. Uh, playing solid, they can throw the ball, they can run the ball, and obviously have a solid defense. Uh, this may be a precursor to what you're going to see in the celebration bowl between Aggies and the Tigers. Two teams that will say not so fast for the Eagles and Alcorn State of the MEAC and SWAC, respectively. Should be an intriguing race going down the stretch for both the SWAC and the MEAC. And how can folks find you to get more information and follow you on the World Wide Web, sir? Certainly. They can go to www.thg-agency.com, thg-agency.com, look up the HBC Sports Report. They can get the full top 10 poll rankings, get some information. They can also click on there and get information to uh, our live sh- streaming live show on www.thc-agency.com. That's 92.9 KKBQ FM HD2 every Tuesday from 545 to 715. Give you an hour and a half of HBCU Sports Report. Uh, with the local coaches calling in, giving you an update, and then we have other coaches that call in uh, different times as we try to get reach out and get some new voices to give you some updates on what's taking place in the ACC football landscape. Wildcat, how about yourself? How, how can folks find you? Uh, you can find me online at uh, Twitter, TweetDeck, Facebook, at JL Woodley1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., uh, SoundCloud, uh, blog on Blogspot and YouTube at AKSV DCSR V um, College Sports Report and my my new Facebook friends and buddies and and all SoundCloud they uh, like what they hear and said the uh, Facebook looked pretty good they they like what they saw on the, on the front page. Good deal there. Anything you want to say uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, Oh, other than coming up on uh, October the 30th, last Monday in the month, 
Frisco, Texas, the the Cowboy practice facility, the Star, and uh, will be Conference USA Men's and Women's Basketball Media Day. Mm. And I'll be headed that way. It'll be an in and out bus, bus in, bus out. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh would would like to add this for you wrap it up quick sure. there. This is for every homecoming weekend, so by Wednesday don't look forward to hearing anything from me. I need to take my pilgrimage. All right. Really? <clears throat> you take care of business down there. But you can find me on Twitter as Dr. Kenyatta Cavill D R K E M Y A T T A C A V I L. That's uh Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You make sure you get some good information during homecoming. Good deal. And a uh, couple things. I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. As I mentioned earlier, YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram. Appreciate the people checking out the clips, video clips, and video interviews in both places. I'm trying to find a balance of doing uh, posting the videos as well as still doing some writing on the blog. Um, at HoustonRoundBarView.com. Still haven't got that yet, but I have a write-up of the Rockets Marling of the Mavericks on the website, HoustonRoundBarView.com. You can check that out. A few quotes from uh, James Harden, Coach D'Antoni, and Rick Carlisle of the Mavs. Go to HoustonRoundBarView.com. Men's college basketball. Exhibition season. Teams have this year, NTA has granted waiver to allow teams to play exhibition games against other D- D- Division One opponents, and the majority of them are doing doing so to raise money for the hurricane relief efforts. U of H played Baylor Saturday in Waco. Um, U of H won the exhibition game, eighty-one seventy-eight. They uh, raised twenty thousand dollars for the charity for Hurricane Harbor Relief Fund. Uh, we got the Longhorns and the Aggies will be playing at Rice this coming Wednesday. Uh, the prices and information on my blog as well as Instagram. And if you are planning to attend the game Wednesday at Tudor Fieldhouse, I suggest you cash out your 401k because the ticket prices, the court side seats are $1,000. Uh, upper level seats, I think, $50. So it is not for your average average fan, whereas I believe ticket prices for the exhibition between U of H exhibition between U of H and Baylor was five dollars to get in. So you see a difference in in the markets, uh, the, you know, in the fan base that uh, the teams expect. But today, Sunday, Kansas and Missouri played an, an exhibition game, and those are two bitter rivals, border wars they call that. So different rivalry matchups are taking place throughout the exhibition season to raise some money for Hurricane Relief Fund. So that's, that's a, it's a good cause. And I know members of the media, national media, have mentioned on Twitter that they would like to see these continue in the future, that Division One exhibition games take place for charities and for legitimate charities, of course. So you can have two good teams play, get a chance to go against a good opponent, and also do it for a good cause. So maybe that'll take place in the future. Help add uh, some something positive 
for NCAA college basketball where there's still are the still undergoing the scandal that is continuing to move along and and progress and we'll see how it it all continues to evolve with the FBI looking into the schools and Coach Patino was let go by Louisville with cause and we'll see how a settlement is reached because there's going to be millions of reasons that he would want to uh, not settle. Hold on. So we'll see Hold how on, that plays out go. there. So and and based on how that happens, he could he could decide to uh, talk. So if that happens, because he had an interview with Jay Billis and he said none of this was his fault. He had no idea what was going on. So it wasn't he was not to blame, et cetera, et cetera. He thought you know wasn't him. So we'll see how that progresses. If he decides to reach a settlement or a toss move under the bus, who knows what can happen and what things could take place and where that can go. So a lot to look at. Basketball season, college-wise, is about to tip off. So you can check all of us out on the social media platforms and the World Wide Web to get, keep up with the information. <laughs> Going to wrap it up, sign off. Thank you, everybody, for your patience with us. Um, we'll keep doing it. Podcasts are available on the, on iTunes, SoundCloud, the different podcast platforms. There are Facebook page, KG, the Fifth Wood Wildcat, and Doc on Facebook. So a lot of different ways for you to interact with, with us. Once again, I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R-Review. Houston Round Bar, Houston Round Bar View on YouTube and Instagram. HoustonRoundBarView.com is the website. Wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>